Hi, I'm Patrick Palm, CEO and founder of Favro, and this is the Learn From Leaders podcast. The background to these interviews is that Favro clients are some of the most innovative and agile businesses out there. And it's used for collaborative planning by marketing teams, by product teams, HR, management teams. And what this means is that we get to know some truly inspiring people. So what we do in this podcast is that I invite them here for conversation about something where they are true leaders. So we can all learn from it. Let's go. All right. We are live with Eric. How's it going? Hi, Patrick. Very good. And for you? Not too bad. I just got back from Amsterdam. I've been hanging out with a bunch of SaaS entrepreneurs discussing everything from business agility to fundraising and things like that. There's a bit of a snowstorm here in Uppsala now. I'm not going to be back in Vilnius until uh, next week. So I have a short stop in Uppsala. And uh, unfortunately, spring is not really in the air. I'm in silence warm. So let's jump into this conversation. I'm really excited about this because very often when I talk about business agility and anything around hyper-performing teams, it's quite often that is where the person comes from kind of the product development side. And obviously, agile came as a bit of a grassroots movement in software development. And today is basically the norm. But in your case, it's from the other angle. When I mean, you have approached this from a business point of view, and you have not only worked with very fast-moving stuff but you also successfully made really big organizations more agile, and even government organizations. I think I'll, I'll leave the storytelling to you. So maybe you can just walk us through a little bit on you know, how you got into business agility, a bit about your background, just so our listeners know before we get into the nitty gritty of that, a little bit more who we are. Basically, for the last 10 years, I've been working in the cross-section of digital sales, e-commerce, digital marketing, and product development. I've been working in large multinational organizations like Telia, and I've been working with small startups like my last engagement at RefUp, and I've been working at hyper-growth companies like Funnel. And I've done a bunch of different things, and I've become familiar with agile principles somewhere around eight years ago. And then I learned as I go and became one of of my biggest passions, interests, professional-wise. And the last three, four years, when I was exposed to Favro for the first time, is when I really started to think about this, how it ties together, the processes, how you can design organizations around it, how work flows. Before, it was like it was one tool here, one tool there. It was a team working in this way. But the last couple of years, I spent a lot of time and energy thinking about how to tie teams together and make them more efficient and more transparent as well. You're Swedish like me, right? Yeah, that's correct. How did you end up doing so much stuff in Norway? <laughs> I was living in Norway. First, I was in Norway for six years working in aviation. It's called Party Swedes. Going there when I was young, making money throughout travel. And I came back to Sweden to study and I was done with Norway. And then I ended up getting a temporary contract there at uh, Telia. It's going to go there 10 months, temporary, go back. And then I got stuck another six years. And that's a kind of a typical story for people going to Norway, especially Swedes. That's awesome. Yeah. The main thing that will be so interesting discussing today is really to do some kind of compare and contrast between the various places you know that you've been and what business agility looks like. Where would you like to start? Would you like to start on bottom-up team level or, or would you like to start more on executive level? Where do you find the most natural start for this conversation to be? Uh, now we can start perhaps bottoms up. Yeah, so it's can good. just share a few thoughts on the different kind of problems in the different kind of organizations, and, and we can take it from there because they're quite distinct. 
The first place where I was introduced to Pablo was in Enrique Steve. You had the CEO, Jerome, Frank Thetavall as a guest as well, I think. And uh, Rick Steve is famously known in Norway to be a true agile company all around the organization, from development to marketing to finance. And um, there it was, Favro as a tool was used to make people collaborate better. It was very operational. It was getting tasks done from a backlog all the way and it flowed between teams. But it wasn't that much tied up to the strategy and the tactical things. We had a priority process, so it was tied to that kind of. And they probably built this out uh, since I was there. But it was more of an operational, perhaps a little bit tactical uh, approach. And then I moved to DMB Indum, which is Norway's biggest real estate uh, agency. There's 700 plus real estate agents. And they have a special model where they have commercial people in-house and the rest is outsourced. And I was in charge of the product development towards one agency there. And the problem there was that we had so many people around us doing a lot of work for us. And we always had to go to them. So it was always like that the work was being done out in branches all the time in external teams. But we as a core team were working together and we didn't know what happened around us. We needed to centralize our work and we take it from there and being able to delegate it to different teams. So that was a kind of a different setting. And then we tried to tie that together with the executive level because that was much more clear in a kind of a more traditional hierarchical organization where the strategy was set on top and it was tactical and it was operational. And then in my last engagement now in, in RefUp, which is a small startup with global expansion plans spread out over five offices. And the challenge there was just to get one common place to work at and to be transparent, to have meetings around things and not starting to spread out, work in different tools and to buy a project management tool there and a dev tool there and to gather the whole organization and create like a digital office for all of us. One of the uniting factors here across your experiences are Favro, which of course makes me very happy. What would you say are other initiatives that were used to drive business agility? i give an example of one thing I have in mind. Yesterday I sat down, had coffee with someone who for quite a long time has worked as a leadership coach. And she was describing that their most normal gig is really that you have top management saying that we have all these managers in this company and they, they intellectually understand that no one wants to be a dictator anymore. You want to be more of a facilitator. But the journey from, let's say, some old patterns in how you manage people might be a little bit harder to shake. It's one thing knowing how you can evolve as a leader, but there's another thing actually being able to do it. And this kind of coaching is exactly what they were doing. So that was their business. Another thing that a company could be doing as an initiative to drive business agility is to make sure that you're very actively work with that leadership coaching. So that would be, let's say, my second example. What kind of those you know, initiatives have you seen across these kind of organizations? Can you draw some conclusions that some things are more common in bigger organizations or older organizations versus startup, etc.? I think the need for transparency is much bigger in the big traditional organizations where it's much harder to tear down established silos and the way of working and it's a lot of email and stuff. And a tool like uh, Favro is it's just a tool, but it usually comes with a lot of other stuff. It's about how you set goals. It's how you communicate vision. It's how you tie initiatives to the strategy. It's how you prioritize. It's about being transparent about the job you are doing on a daily basis and tie that together with arenas and forums when those decisions are being made and how things tie into each other. 
So I think that is one part for the like to open up. It's like a tool and initiative that starts a snowball effect where you have to go up all of these things. That is my experience from the big organization. The smaller ones, it's more about true agility to work fast together and being able to move tasks between each other and collaborate and help each other on a daily basis in one place and tear down obstacles. Another thing I discussed yesterday, I have so much ammunition from our conversations yesterday for our conversation here today. We talked a bit about measuring these things. For example, when you say you want to be faster, you can, of course, be faster in many different ways. But let's say, you know, faster in bringing something from ID to market, that would be a one. How much improvement you see in these organizations that are actively working with their business agility? Do they try to measure it? Do you have some kind of no improvement, 100% improvement, 50% improvement? Like roughly, what have you seen? Really depends on the organization. If you take the one outer point with super small startup, you don't have time to measure things. It's more of a gut feeling and you just feel that you're able to do more and you collaborate with people more. And then you have the really big corporate organizations where maybe things are so slow anyway. So it's more about processes. It's more about how you prioritize and those things. But then you have perhaps the, the companies in between like Rikstev, for example, where I was working, where you have enough people, it's enough things to do and enough teams and you're mature, agile-wise or any other methodology, where it's actually worth starting to measure things. We didn't actually do it. I think we measure stuff like burn rate and stuff like that. We're like, how many days it took for a talk to go from next up to being completed. But it varies so much as well between teams. And if you start as, a, for example, a finance team and you start working Kanban or you start working Agile in some kind of way, you don't have any baseline. So it's very hard to measure those things. Most of the work was done on your private to-do list and emails before. Did you ever come across an issue, people being like, Agile, that's just a buzzword. What does it really mean? Did you have to kind of sell the benefits of an increased business agility and some of the practices that you're trying to push? Or was that always easy? No, absolutely not easy. I've stopped using the word agile as much as possible, uh, as long as I don't know that the audience or, or the people I'm talking to actually understand agile. So I'm trying to focus on the more like the culture parts and the mindset parts when it comes to transparency and collaboration and efficiency, and just to have one dynamic source of truth instead of sitting in different PowerPoints or in emailing different Word documents in different versions and stuff like that. That's what I've been focusing on the most when it comes to selling this. Since you said that you try to avoid using the word agile, do you think that we have an issue today, generally speaking, where since it is something that there's a lot of hype around it, that maybe we all need to start working with agile by not using the word agile? Yeah, it's become kind of dogmatic and it's been us versus them and it's been product versus project and your anti-project, your anti-processes. And that's not the way to tie the organization together. I've experienced many times you have one product and tech side and you have one commercial side and they actually want to work the same way. But one is talking about project and another is talking about product and it just doesn't really work. And, and you want to avoid deadlines in an agile world, but in a commercial world, you have deadlines, you have projects and it's not bad and the common denominator is like we want to collaborate we want to get things done and we want to be efficient and, uh, and do things in a transparent way have you ever considered writing a book <laughs> i haven't really considered doing one but i would love to one day the title that we agreed on today bringing together commercial and takes teams to scale globally that could be the title of a book <laughs> this is very top of mind for a lot of companies <laughs> this is a great title
You kind of already talked a little bit about this, but I would love to go deeper on what are the challenges that you come across and you know, how did you solve those challenges when it comes to bringing tech teams and products more close you know, with the commercials? My classic example is just product and marketing, but obviously commercial is much more than the marketing, but you're bringing this closer and what challenges and what kind of solutions have um, come across. One of the main challenges, what I've been experienced at least, is that there are many silos. There are silos when it comes to teams, it's silos when it comes to departments, it's silos when it comes to a way of doing things, and it's also silos when it comes to tools. So you have salespeople, they're working in their CRM, you have a marketing department and they work in a project management tool, and you have the tech team, and they're all working in their own silos. Most of them are happy that way. And then they can extract things, they can share things, they can invite people over. And if you as a tech team have a meeting with salespeople, you can just show them your Kanban board in Jira or whatever it is, and everything is fine. It works. So the challenge there has been to actually get and find a common denominator. Like what is the value of gathering everyone or as many as possible in one place and for people to actually use it? For some teams, it comes kind of natural. So a tech team, they use this. It's a natural part of their marketing teams. It's getting there. Sales teams, they are not used to it at all. Uh, so what's the value for them? And try to find some value for them, even to be there. Maybe they don't even have to be contributors. Maybe they can just consume stuff that our other teams are doing or ask questions in there or come up with uh, ideas for a backlog or, or whatever. So that's been one of the main challenges. And get people onboarded and engaged and find the value. That goes for Favro or any other tool that you try to bring the teams together in. You're touching upon one of our typical setting points, which is that Favro really adapts to whatever way you want to visualize how you plan things. And then we kind of put the complexity under the hood. But I'm not going to go sales pitch here now because the point I want to make is that there are also other things and tools that can also create that transparency and bring people to them, uh, bring people together. Um, you mentioned people call things the different things. Have you worked with trying to, let's say, unify the language? Because that sense in what you're saying that sometimes it can be that we're talking about the same thing. It's just we call it different and it causes a lot of unnecessary friction and confusion. Uh, yes, some minor attempts, trying and failing. But the big thing is to not get stuck in methodologies and not get stuck in it and accept things for what they are and, and trying to focus on what are we trying to achieve and how are we going to do it instead of talking about these, the getting stuck in the words and the terminology or processes and methodologies. You go back in time and advise your younger self when you got into one of the first situations when you were working with any kind of bringing commercial and tech together, what would you have done different? Being even more empathic and listening more, trying to understand the need more. And maybe I had an idea and the solutions in my mind and my world sounded so good and so obvious, but it wasn't for others. And instead of trying to push that, and when I'm now talking about digital transformation or agile transformation or, or whatever in general, that it's so important to listen and understand. And in this case, for example, uh, with Favreau and implementing it across an organization and getting people in there and, and using it and it's the same for slack for example or other kind of tools for everyone and try to find almost do like a discovery phase understand the value for each and every individual or team and focus on that why should a salesperson be in favor it's very obvious why a marketing person or why a developer should be there but why a salesperson why a financial person and try to focus on that instead more i think i was a little bit uh, naive before 
yesterday I listened to a presentation where they talked about how they organized their sales teams and how that had changed from being like startup to a much bigger company. And what was interesting was that I was definitely hearing a lot of the agile language there. You know, they were talking about like sales squads, they were like small, and they said, you know, we have everything we need in these squads. And I was thinking, aha, cross-functional. <laughs> Very cool. I've seen it in marketing for quite a while, but I'm starting to see it more and more in sales now as well. And I know we have several clients that are using Favro in sales teams. It's typically when it's quite complex enterprise sales. So there's a lot of like problem solving involved. And to be honest, that makes a lot of sense because Agile in the first place was all about how do we handle all this uncertainty? How do we have a product management which is designed for uncertainty rather than when you already know everything up front, you can basically make a GAN schedule? Across my mind now, what, what we did now in, in my last engagement was we just focused on the, the focus areas for each team's. All teams have a focus area. So, so if it was an epic for a dev team, like there's something equivalent to an epic for all teams. Even if you're a sales team, you're going to attend a, an event, you're going to do a webinar, or you're going to focus on a specific market, or you're going to go through processes or whatever. Just do that. Just update that part of uh, Favreau once a week. And we can gather around that and use the aggregated boards and have a all-hands meeting or a global weekly stand-up around that and talk about all the work that is happening in the organization and at one place. And then it started to move a little bit. And then from there, they started to work a little bit more operational, a little bit more task-based, and the wheels started flying. Finally, I want to ask you a little bit around how you think post-COVID organization will pan out. Uh, obviously, during COVID, a lot of companies had to be much more working from anywhere or working from home, whatever you want to call it, by necessity. There was just no option for many. And now we're seeing people being able to come back to the office, but many don't want to. And a lot of organizations are not gravitating back to how it was before, but rather kind of more of a hybrid approach. We haven't seen where this lands. I think it's a bit too early, but how do you think it lands? How do you think this kind of develops? I think and I hope that digital and remote will be the default, even though it's not the case. In an, like Everyone except one person can be gathered at the office. But instead of putting things physically up on a wall or everyone is in one conference room and with one camera and you do stuff in the analog world, I hope the default will be digital. So even if you are one person that is not there, you can still participate in the same way. So we can open up the flexibility. We can open up and adapt to people's life hustle at home or if they're sick or whatever. And there's always one dynamic source of truth. It's more transparent and uh, you know where things are. You don't miss out. and then I hope we're going to find a way where they complement each other instead of it's being a fight between office or remote. I think hybrid is the way to go. And for some, it's only remote. But I think only office or only analog doesn't have any future for any company, really. Well, thank you so much for um, sharing a bit of uh, your experiences from all these quite different companies. Thank you. And uh, even though I like being online with you in this conversation, I, I do wish that we get a chance to see each other kind of live in a not too distant future. Yeah, same here. It would be great to grab a beer one day. That would be fantastic. Yes. Well, with that, thank you so much. Thank you, Patrick. It was an honor. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good evening. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I certainly did. If you want to elevate yourself as a modern leader and help your teams become even more successful, then check out Favor Academy at favro.com. They will find podcasts, webinars, articles, all free of charge. Check it out.